Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the One Up Project. I am here with Hamish Summers today um, and we're going to be talking about something that I know a lot of you want to hear about and that is property and buying your first home. So yeah, hi Hamish, how are you? Hey, good Sarah. Yeah, going well, thank you. Awesome, that's so good to hear. Um, so I think maybe we'll start off with you explaining a little bit about you and where you grew up and um, a bit about yourself. Yeah, so... I'm 26 and I grew up in Tauranga. Um, basically, I've been working full-time since I was 18. I do a bit of travelling on the side. Um, also, I like to do a bit of hunting, surfing, and I've been brewing a lot of beer actually lately. Oh, um, lovely. Yeah, no, it's it's a good time. Real cheap too. Um, I was cool. planning to do a bit of um, travelling overseas this year, but obviously that's cancelled, so yeah. yeah, it's a bit of a shame, isn't it? What's what's the brewing beer about you? Is that just for you or is that a bit of a side hustle you're starting? Uh, it's mainly for me, but I share a little bit of it with the lads. Um, it's nice. just it's cheap and easy and it's fun, you know? Yeah, cool. Good on you. Um, so when did you become interested in buying property? Because I guess a bit of a background um, is that you have just been quite successful in terms of buying property and have a good experience with it so I'm keen to get everyone to hear about that and it'll be so relatable because you're you know a real person who's done this um and aside from people who have maybe been handed these sorts of things it's a lot um easier to relate to people who have worked for it and gone through that whole process that we're all going to have to go through as well and hear it from someone who's done it so yeah when did you first become interested in buying property and was this always a goal for you yeah okay so I think I've kind of always been interested in buying property. So growing up, I just thought, you know, when you're an adult, you just buy a house and get married and and that's just the done thing. You know, like my parents and all my aunties and uncles and and everything like that had all done it. I mean, I just naturally thought that's what you did. Um, So basically when I was 18, like leaving home, that's when I made like a conscious effort to start saving up for a deposit. And so do you think that it was just the routine of it that got you to do that? Or did you have like influences around you, like your family? That was always what they said, that you go out and you you buy your first home and that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, they definitely touched on it. Um, I, I don't think they really like put any pressure on me, but they kind of did throw out the idea that this is something that you can do and probably the younger that you do it, it'll be more beneficial like if you kill your mortgage faster, basically you'll have more time and money and freedom like in your 50s and 60s, you know, at the other end. Mm. When do, what age did you say you started saving for a house again? Like 18. 18. And then when did you purchase the first home? 24. Wow, that's awesome. And so what did your financial position look like before deciding to save for a house? So I didn't really have a lot of money when I was younger. Um, I did get a little bit of like pocket money in that. We used to do some like possum trapping with our dad when we were little and done a few jobs on the kiwi fruit orchard, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah, but you know, 10 bucks here and there, you know, not a lot. And I think not having any money, it kind of like motivated me to like want to have money because my parents did kind of give like, some advice of you know how to use money etc but so I had like the knowledge but no dollars to apply it to yeah and have you always considered yourself to be a good saver in that sense or 
at, were you maybe a mo- bit more like prone to spending while you were younger? Um, you know, not so much when I was younger. I've definitely made mistakes with money where I've been focusing on like a savings goal or whatever and just been like completely irresponsible for like, a couple of months, like been on maybe a, a bender or two that I shouldn't have been and like that's thrown me massively off. Yeah, we've all off, been there. But yeah. Um, but I guess dis- despite those spontaneous um, episodes, I think otherwise I'm a good sailor. Mm, yeah, that's really cool. And awesome that you had people around you that gave you that sort of financial knowledge as well because I think it's so important in order to be able to start young. What lessons did you have to learn to improve that sort of saving situation for yourself and maybe speed up or at least just get on the journey of buying your first home? Yeah, well, there's a there's a few things. I think the first one, um, probably KiwiSaver, uh, which is good because when I was 18, I started saving. You know, that's the age that you kind of get on KiwiSaver. Um, so, yeah, my parents kind of made sure I was doing the KiwiSaver right from a, the age of 18. Um, with that, definitely KiwiSaver in a growth or an aggressive fund. I've actually done a little bit of, number crunching here you know your kiwi saver when you first get it is in the default fund low risk low return um if you have minimum wage and you put four percent into the default fund after 10 years you'll be sitting on about 29 grand if you're a minimum wage and you contribute four percent in a growth funds you'll be on about 37 grand after 10 years um, and if you're on minimum wage eight percent contribution into a growth fund you'll be on about 54k after 10 years um and you know KiwiSaver said and forget um I know what option I'd choose um if I could you know yeah definitely I think another important thing around KiwiSaver is for people to know that you can get out of that default fund and go into those growth funds because like you said um like you said it can make such a huge difference to those returns long term yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and there's on that website, sorted.org.nz, there's a tool and you can um, filter out KiwiSaver funds to like rank them from like highest return and lowest fees and things like that. Um, so there's heaps of info on there if you want to choose a new fund and get some high returns. Mm, yeah, I love the um, tools on that website. And so what about when it came to budgeting? So basically, um, you know, there's a lot of info out there. There's a lot of like online tools and like experts and that that can help you budget. But I basically had like an A4 piece of paper and and just wrote some stuff down with a pen. Um, and it was quite basic. Like, you know, I get this much minus rent, minus whatever expenses, this much as food, this much as getting pissed up against the wall. And I think I was very honest, like, especially when you're 19, you're going to party. I said, like, yeah, I'll, I'll be realistic. This is how much is going on that. And yeah. this is how much is going on that. And um, that kind of gave me the control I needed to, like, stick to my plan. Yeah, totally. You've got to, like, make room for those things you value in terms of, like, going out and having a good time because otherwise you'll just feel so restricted. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the other thing about budgeting is uh, if you have it written down, 
you can calculate like, okay, great, if I stick to my structure and I'm saving this much each week or each month, you know, it's real easy to calculate. I'm going to have this much in five years or this much mm. in 10 years and keep your eyes on the prize, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and like you say, like keeping it simple is really the key as well. And it, it doesn't have to be complicated. I mean, like you said, you just got out a sheet of paper and wrote it down. It can be as easy as that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Real simple. Yeah. And then moving through to your career, how has that had an impact? So I think uh, everyone everyone does something different, which is great, especially Kiwis. Like, you know, some people when they're 18, they'll go overseas and do like an OE for like two years or something, or maybe they'll go to uni or start working full time. Like so many options. Um. I think the reason I started working full-time when I was 18 was because I did want a house and I thought the money I could be making now at this age, if I do it right, is going to get me probably further than if I did something else and then went back to trying to save. So I think I wanted to break the back of that goal and then have like some flexibility to pursue other goals like later. Yeah, And, and I think... um. I don't really want to like be an expert and like judge people by what they're doing. But I think the only thing I could say is if the thing that you're doing is not like leading you towards your goal of a house deposit, then that's probably when you maybe should um, try something else perhaps. I guess other ways you can bring money in, passive income, that kind of thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think especially in New Zealand, like, we're spoiled with like plenty of options. Um, oh, actually, one story I know of one of my mates. He he's been working for like seven or eight years, like full time, and he's he saved himself like a real nice deposit, basically. And he's about to buy a house, and then his plan is to rent it out and then go to uni. He's kind of done it like in reverse, and he's he's still like twenty seven, so still young enough to be up with the play and um man I think that's quite a good strategy because then he'll be about 30 and have a degree and a house Mm. yeah wow that is interesting and so not like the norm but I think that's super cool and also there's no there shouldn't be time limits or restrictions on things like that yeah yeah, that's right and um definitely I, I believe most people can and will get there at at some stage. So I think at no point should you write it off and say, hey, that's just not possible because I believe that eventually with time, because, you know, time's the most valuable asset. If you use your time wisely, I reckon you can get there. Yeah, totally agree. And you seem like you're pretty onto it. You're pretty mature. So how did lifestyle choices come into that and being successful in buying your first home? So I think the main part of lifestyle is being honest with yourself and there's there's so many levels that you can be honest with yourself on. Um, just like basic choices, like if I go and do this activity or go to this place, whatever, is that going to throw me out? Is that going to cost me like a heap of money up to the point where like that will outweigh um, like the progress you could make on saving for a house 
um, anything like if I keep doing this particular thing every week, whether that's going out way too much or spending way too much on food or whatever it else, like, you know, just kind of mirror it on yourself and say, hey, is this, am I being honest with myself here? Um, yeah. Yeah, like like anything and probably with any discipline, like any any part of your life, whether it's fitness or self-improvement or anything anything like you know for me with beer brewing you know if it's Saturday morning I've got no beer in the fermenter that's that's brewing away I'm I'm not being honest with myself you know I'm saying I want to brew beer I've got to get that project going you know I'm not going to sit around yeah I, I love that attitude that's awesome and when it comes to putting money in the right place I think this is a really interesting concept that um you talk about so what do you mean when you talk about putting money in the right place well there's there's so many places you can put money like people normally think okay payday time i'm gonna save this much it's going in the bank full stop awesome like definitely that's the right um step that's the right first step to take um but from there there's there's so many places you've got bonds you got fixed term savings accounts you got shares managed funds you've also got cryptocurrency i know that sounds sketchy but it is a <laughs> option if no, you want to yeah. try that um, cryptocurrency is so interesting yeah definitely um when it first came out me and one of my mates played around with it a lot and um i think because we had a background in shares um to start with we kind of knew like a little bit not I'm definitely not experts but we knew like a little bit to the point where like this is going real good we should get out of this asap um, so we um we were actually in the green by the time we sold up all our crypto oh. um, yeah oh and also I, I mentioned bonds earlier i was a real big fan of the bonus bonds which have recently announced uh, yeah. that they're shutting down yeah yeah well, i think out of all those options you i think personally you should explore all of them and figure out what one's best for your situation because for me, um, shares and managed funds all the way, I think they're going to grow your house deposit at a rate that um, outperforms the housing market growth. Um, that's what I think, but, you know, everyone's in a different state of mind, I guess. Yeah. No, I think that's a really cool perspe perspective because obviously right now putting your money in the bank, I mean, that was already slow growth as it is, but even more so now with such low interest rates. So I think this is an option that more and more people are going to start looking at. I mean, we've already seen so many people get into investing this year. So I think that's a really cool perspective to have. Um, and so moving on to the process of buying your first home, do you want to yeah. run us through that and what that looks like? Yeah, so from the start, really, I was thought, okay, yep, it's going to happen. I'm going to make it a clear, deliberate effort to go and save for a house deposit. And then created my budget, had my income, and then endured the long, tedious kind of process of saving. That, that took a six, almost seven years. Um Mm. once I was at the end of that I thought okay cool I'm in a good position I think it's time um, what I did was I went to the bank initially 
and I asked for a pre-approval and uh, they were actually quite helpful um, and they gave me like a document that basically said you've got this much as a deposit you can borrow up to this much and here are some scenarios so like if you take it on this interest rate this is your repayments if it goes up to this much you'll be paying this if it goes down you'll be paying this so they were quite good I thought um, and then I don't really know much about mortgage brokers but kind of at the same time um, my boss and also my missus said like you're wasting your time you need to go to a mortgage broker and I was like no no way and then they kind of twisted my arm and I went to see one and man that's a complete game changer eh? like I don't really understand um, how useful they were like they'll mm. find you the best rate um, from each different bank and they might find you some things you don't you don't know about so they might say okay cool you've got a higher deposit so you can then borrow money at a better rate uh, things like that um, man super helpful and real convenient like they don't take up a huge amount of your time yeah I think that's a really good point actually because knowing the value of a mortgage broker or mortgage advisor whoever you're going to is really um, good because they obviously overlook all of the banks rather than just going to one bank yeah yeah definitely and I'll actually tell you a funny story so one of my mates actually the same one that saved that deposit and now wants to go to uni he um he took a day off work like on a Wednesday of all days and he drove around town and went to like seven different banks and he's like hey can I please get approval this is my deposit what can I get and at the end of the day I was like hey man like I didn't see you at work today like you know what's going on and he's like oh hey man like I went to the banks I asked him all this stuff and I was like man you need to go to a mortgage broker like what are you doing <laughs> oh so now you've got the advice it's so funny yeah because I feel like some people and sometimes mortgage brokers or advisors get a bad rap but I mean at the end of the day they are they want you to get the best results so they can also get the best results so it's a mutual benefit yeah absolutely um I think the other thing is mortgage brokers really make most of their money from the bank so if they set you up with the borrowing the bank pays the mortgage broker for providing them with business so it's not like they make heaps of profit from like raking cash off you it's the, they're getting money from the bank you know for their service so yeah exactly right and then from talking to a mortgage advisor you looked for houses from there yeah so had the the price range set like how much I could borrow and that put my search into perspective what I was capable of um I was thinking do I want to max it out and like borrow as much as possible or maybe like go a little bit lower and then have some smaller repayments but I think I went somewhere in the middle ground um to get like a decent place but not sell my soul to the devil you know <laughs> mm. um then yeah that was on trade me and there's that realestate.co.nz that's quite a helpful website narrowing the options to what size i wanted like areas everything like that very helpful 
the story of how I found my actual house was I was out looking at different open homes with my mate and we'd been to the ones that we planned to look at and there was like another one that was on the way home. We didn't really know about it, but we drove past and we stopped and went inside and we took like three steps down the hallway and my mate was like, this place reeks of a bender. You should buy it. <laughs> and then, you know, the next day I placed the offer. Really? <laughs> yep. And that's your, that was ended up being your house. That is so funny. That's awesome. And so you said you, were, you started saving at 18 and yep. you had a pretty good relationship with money um, at that point. So tell us about when you moved out of home and how this affected the process of buying your first home. Yeah, so I believe that's quite an interesting topic because a lot of people would say, hey, if I live at home, I can save more because my parents will charge me like hopefully low rent if they're nice um, or live at home for free, which is like fantastic. Why would you not do that? Why would you move out and pay basically? So mm. I thought long and hard about it and basically uh, moving out meant I could get a better job, like a higher paying job than I could if I stayed in Tauranga and I thought having a higher paying job at this age will help me achieve my goal instead of like going to uni. So I thought actually biting the bullet, moving out, taking control of it myself, I thought that would put me in a better situation. Yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. And did, were you afraid that that was going to affect the ability like negatively or were you confident that sort of earning a higher wage would make up for the fact? Yeah, I thought, yeah, definitely earning a higher salary, I thought, was the was the way to go. Um, and I I guess I was actually wrong because a few of my mates that stayed in Tauranga, they um, lived at home and they had some solid jobs and they um, also saved up quite tidy deposits, um, you know, at a young age as, as well. And mm. so I think, I think it worked for me, um, but then also their way worked for them as well. And how did you organize your finances when paying rent and saving for a house deposit? Because I think a lot of people can find this part a bit daunting and like it's going to be impossible for them to save while also paying rent. Yeah. So yeah, being honest with myself, especially with the budgeting uh, that I mentioned earlier and my technique was the $200 week. So that's $200 that went for my food, petrol, and leisure, and and that was it. It was in cash, so I couldn't cheat myself. And then everything else went on rent and bills and expenses. And I think having that split really helped me when I was younger. Yeah, nice. So you had like quite a tight budget and stuck to that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's and awesome discipline. I did cut myself short a few times, I must say. Um, <laughs> however, I, I think that, been stuck every now and then if it's in a safe place I think can yeah help you be strict with yourself yeah yeah for sure and I guess there would have to be times where you sort of gave yourself a break as well and did, like bought something for yourself or whatever yeah definitely so I did dip into my house deposit 
two times actually to go traveling overseas yeah. and oh definitely worth it yeah loved yeah. every minute of it and um and i mean yeah you you wouldn't want to overcook yourself and be uh, you know shut everything else out and just save you you want to um enjoy your life as well you know and i had some great experiences i wouldn't um take any of it back so i, I guess um if you plan it well enough you know i think you'll be able to achieve both and how much did you save total to put towards a house deposit? Did you have the classic 10%? Yeah, so I had a total of 136000 What I'd done was I didn't use all of it because I had to obviously leave that $1,000 in KiwiSaver um, and then have a bit of money on the side for like emergencies and to pay like, you know, legal fees and that kind of stuff. So I ended up using... 125,000 for my deposit, which was 33% at the time. Mm, yeah, that's awesome. And then how was that 136,000 broken down in terms of what you'd saved? So it was 60,000 in KiwiSaver and 61 and a half was in shares and managed funds. So yeah, both the shares and the KiwiSaver were about even. Um, and then I had 10 grand in cash so it was sort of for emergencies and stuff i had a thousand in bonus bonds and then the five thousand that you get from your kiwi saver when you purchase your first home yeah. wow that's awesome that is so solid and such a good diverse range of um places that you had like had stored that cash as well cheers yeah always yeah. diversify you know yeah for sure it's the golden rule isn't it yeah, definitely. And so how much did you end up purchasing your home for? Uh, at the time, it was 379000 And whereabouts was that in New Zealand? That was in Palmerston North. And did you end up um, living in the home once you'd bought it? Yeah, I did. So I lived in it for about 18 months, and then I moved into my missus place, rented it out, um, so I think I'll keep it long term. What do you think about people who say that house prices are going too fast for their savings to keep up yeah so that's definitely a, a hot topic of debate and i hear it from probably 90 percent of people that i speak to about like house deposits and stuff that they can't save yeah fast enough so a lot of people will go for a 10 percent deposit so that they can get their get themselves on the housing ladder i guess um which is cool, um, especially, hey, if you have a family or kids, like you mm. definitely like prefer to have a house than not have a house. So what I what I personally believe is if you don't have a family to house and you can afford to wait, definitely go for a 20% deposit. So a couple of reasons, you're going to pay less interest to start with. Um, mm. It's going to be hopefully paid off quicker and – also, you can borrow money at a cheaper rate. So I was looking at the ASB home loan rates today. You can get like a 2.5% interest rate fixed term, which is awesome. But then if you've got a 10% deposit, you have to pay another three quarters of a percent of interest on top of that. Um, and that's for the bank to cover itself because I guess they consider it like risky lending if it's only a 10% deposit. Um, and 
And the other thing to remember is that if your money is well invested in a strong KiwiSaver and a good managed fund or shares, that that'll outperform the house price increase. So, so you might think, oh, if I don't buy it this year, I'll miss out because it'll go up by 8%, you know, but if your shares, etc., are performing well, you could get 10% or 12%, you know, and you'll be outperforming it. So there's no need to rush it, you know. Mm. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. And really cool to see that you um, did this completely independently and took advantage of that government um, home starter grant as well, which is really awesome thing um for people to know about yeah definitely um and you know it's it's free cash basically as long as you've been in KiwiSaver for five years five thousand dollars yeah that's so good and do you think that it is possible for anyone to purchase a home when they've moved out of home yeah I i think so where there's a will there's a way and the amount of info that we have available to us especially as you touched on earlier the increase of knowledge like about shares and managed funds in KiwiSaver too like look at how many people during lockdown like started a sharesies account or went on hatch or something or watched some videos about investing yeah I think the um the knowledge around it is increasing so I believe um, people are accessing those tools a lot more now Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. And how did you personally find the first home buyer process? What were like your ups and downs of the experience? Yeah, I think it was okay as a whole because I felt as though the hard part had been done because the deposit was ready. And I thought, hey, talking to people was easy, right? Um, and there's plenty of people out there um, who offer like some good advice. You just need to know specifically who to ask which question to. Um, yeah, and I guess a lot of businesses or a lot of people they're quite professional, and you know they wanna they wanna help you because you know they'll they'll boost the reputation of of their business. You know, so generally mm. you'll be like in a good space. Um, I think the thing I didn't like was having my offers beaten. So I actually submitted seven offers before I had one accepted. So it was a bit bumpy. Wow. Yeah. 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 That, that's really interesting to hear about too. Cause I feel like, you know, you say that the, the hard part initially is actually saving that deposit amount. But then when it comes to purchasing as well, that's um, a whole other process that can take some time. From the get go. Yeah, definitely. Time with the mortgage broker was definitely time well spent. Um, and they, mm. They actually kind of like boost your confidence a little bit because they're like, okay, yeah, you're in a good position. This is what you're capable of doing. Off you go, you know, and that's quite a good feeling. How long did it take from when you started looking until you moved into the house and what was sort of your situation around that? So I was looking for about around five months on and off. Um, Yeah, going to open homes and weekends and, searching on different websites to find a house. So, yeah, that process took about five months in total. Yeah. And did you do anything with your KiwiSaver and your savings before that? Yeah, so I actually sold, like, all my shares because 
I didn't want to make myself vulnerable to some kind of big like downswing where a big chunk of my money would then not be available. So I sold up about six months before. And I don't actually think I'd done anything to my KiwiSaver. I think maybe I might have switched it just for a little bit down to like a low risk. Yeah, yeah. No, that's important to hear too because I think people can forget about that as well. It's important, especially with your KiwiSaver to – um, there are a lot of KiwiSaver providers will do sort of the ideal timeframes in terms of when you should be in a growth um, or conservative fund. So that's awesome to know too. And yeah. what should the average person think about when starting to save for a first home, do you think? So, you know, I think saving the deposit, I believe that's that's going to happen if, if you budget realistically and you can stick to that. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of when and how and where, but it will happen. Uh, the things that can help you are good spending habits. So, you know, the visa and the afterpay, it's an unfaithful lover, you know. You think it's great, you think it's awesome, but you don't know the damage it's doing eh, behind your back. And then when exactly. you find out, when you find out, you're going to cry. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> That yeah. is like one of the best analogies I've ever heard. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you got to be mindful of that. And then, yeah, when the bank does go to research your bank statements, they're going to be, you know, seeing if you're like consistently paying off your credit card when you're supposed to and, and all that. Um, I guess that's a test. If you can pass that, the bank will trust you, you know, basically, and then lend you hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, totally. And something people always say to me is like, how can I save for a home faster, quicker, more efficiently? Do you have any tips around that? Yeah, again, yeah, just being honest with yourself, strict budgeting. Um, I think actually what can help you be strict with yourself is giving yourself that break or a reward every now and then. Like, yeah, maybe you'll dip into your savings or something and go on a wee holiday, you know, and that's, it's part of enjoying yourself and that's, you know, giving yourself maybe the boost you'll need to to realise what your money is capable of providing you, you know? Looking back, is there anything that you would do di- differently next time that would possibly lead to a better experience? Yeah, so I think I would have actually spoken to a mortgage broker earlier and I don't mean mm. like after I've been to the bank and and mucked around there or whatever, but I'm talking like maybe like two or three years prior even and said, hey, this is my goal. This is where I'm at. What kind of steps would I need to take to get me where I need to go? And, you know, being the experts, they could say, oh, hang on, if you do this for a year instead of what I would have done on my own for like three years, um, mm. You know, they could have like specified that those steps um, instead of me mindlessly just like trying to save bulk cash. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think we had a mortgage advisor on recently, Jack um, Winler, and he was talking about how um, you should definitely approach them earlier than than you think. And I think that's a really good point because they're there to be utilized essentially um, for to make your experience better and possibly more far, uh, 
more efficient so yeah I, I definitely agree with you there well thank you so much for sharing um your experience and being so open there I really appreciate that and I'm sure everyone has learned a lot from that because you don't often get to hear the full story so really cool thanks so much Hamish yeah thanks Sarah um awesome to be on the podcast um I do have a final quote it's actually from Dr Seuss yeah he says whether you think you can or whether you think you can't you're right that's one of my favorites I love that yeah it's good that's so cool thanks Hamish thank you